Independent Underground Radio Live, or I use Politifel, is fully owned and operated by ROJS Media, LCC. Any questions or concerns about the contents of this podcast can be addressed directly to webmaster at reachout.search.com. You are listening to independent artist 10,000 Swings. Independent Underground Radio Live, or I use Politifel, is fully owned and operated by... Is about Michigan and national politics, breaking news, and more. From a communist political point of view, of course. So call in now to participate in the discussion at 347-934-0185. You are listening to the music of independent artist, The Max. Fight out 
free driving credits at www.joinzipcar.com forward slash IU Radio Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Monica RW, Independent Ground Radio Live. Yes, I am back live today. Uh, today is Wednesday, October 25th, 2017. I hope that you're having a great day. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I have not had a great couple weeks. Uh, it, it, it continues to get worse and worse, right? That's the best way I can describe it. Uh, in in the land of uh, uh, Cheeto, uh, it... it I don't know if anybody else is feeling the same way I am right now, but that just seemed like, no offense, this shit ain't going to ever end. You know, I mean, I, first of all, uh, this week, uh, at least in the half of this week and most of last week, uh, uh, Cheeto, that's that's the president of the of so-called United States, that's Donald Trump, uh, literally went off and insulted not only and I'm sure you have heard this already. Uh, but not only insulted a a um, a ghost star widow, right, which is bad enough right there. But he he, which is awful, awful. But then he also went and insulted the congresswoman Federica Wilson that actually told her story, right? Uh, in other words, Federica Wilson, if you don't know, now you know. Uh, actually knew. Uh, Sergeant David Dustin, he was killed over in Nigeria. He, she knew him because he was in a mentoring program with her from the time that he was a child. Uh, uh, she knew his family. She knew uh, Maisa Johnson's family. Uh, that, that was his spouse. Uh, she, she was very integral with getting him into her mentoring program that allows him to uh, go through high school, K-12, and then at that point in time, go to the Army, uh, be a part of a special rangers unit, uh, be assigned over in Nigeria. And unfortunately, unfortunately for for him and his family, um, unfortunately, big time, uh, he was killed in action, killed in duty. Okay, it took them two extra days to uh, find uh, Sergeant uh, David Johnson's body uh, from the rest of the three other individuals that were killed in the line of duty at the same on on the same day at the same mission. Uh, of course, that stressed out his wife. I, I, I can imagine that would stress me out uh, when they finally was able to ship Sergeant David Johnson's body back to the states. Uh, uh, and she was on her way to greet her husband, on her way in a car in a limo with the congresswoman and other family members to greet her husband. Uh, guess who called her? Cheeto. Yeah, he couldn't figure out any other time to call except when she's getting ready to go view her husband's casket, her husband's casket. And then he happened to say uh, you, he, he knew what he signed up for and some other words behind that, but it don't make a difference. So the congresswoman basically said, oh, well, you know, this is what he said. It was insensitive. The wife felt really upset. You know, I'm defending my constituent. You know, I'm defending the fact that I knew uh, LaDavid Justin, the sergeant. I'm defending the family. You know, I'm just going out there. I'm just going to defend them because, you know, that's what her job is as a congresswoman. Oh, it gets just better. So then she didn't like that, so he went on Twitter. Then on top of that, this is literally just going to give you the whole synopsis right here of the last, like, week and a half. 
And, and then, you know, that didn't work. So she basically, the congresswoman came back. You know, again, the wife, Maisa Johnson, is just trying to bury her husband, right? She's just trying to bury her husband. She's trying, first of all, it turns out she is trying to identify her husband because they haven't let her see her husband's body. But she's also trying to bury, have services, you know, that type of stuff that you do when people die. But she finally was able to have the services. And then she goes on, good morning, America. Why did she have to do that? Because of the lion's Cheeto. Oh, fine. I got to forget a couple of things in there. Uh, uh, John Kelly came out. That's the so-called general who's supposed to be able to keep Donald Trump. I don't know. I'm straight and narrow, which is a lie, because John Kelly is just as big of a racist as Trump is. And so basically, he came out and called the congresswoman who was defending her constituent an empty barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, empty barrel. Yeah, that's the, that's the racist term, if you did not know that. And then, uh, Sarah, I just look like I just, it just, yeah, straight up trash. Huckabee, you know, uh, uh, she had some things to say too, right? It just didn't get any better. And t- it, none of this got any better until the widow who had just buried her husband like a day before, like seriously, like it was Monday that she did this and she buried her husband on Saturday, actually had to go on Good Morning America to tell her story, which still was the truth. And Donald Trump even said, you know, she's a liar. I mean, come on, how much worse can it get? Then on top of that, you have, you know, I guess Congressman Jeff Flake, who decided to grow a conscience, at least enough for a speech, a 17-minute speech on the uh, Senate floor, where he basically tells Donald Trump to, you know, go kiss it, right? And you'll hear some of the speech. I'm going to play it on the show. And then... The same day, later on that night, he votes to take the same guy, the same guy, voted to take protection away from consumers as it relates to being able to class action suit big banks. You know, the same big banks that caused the economy to crash in 2007. I mean, I'm telling you, it's like schizophrenia. You know, our, 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 our politics right now is like schizophrenia. And so it's like, okay, I'm trying to get this all wrapped up around my head because I'm sitting up here. I'm like, mm. you know, I'm supposed to be doing this, this show, which is a political show, and we talk about politics, you know, and, 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 and I try and, and, and get myself hyped up, right, so I can come onto the podcast once a week for two hours and talk about, you know, the politics of the moment. And I'll be honest, I'm just like, oh, my God, do I even feel like it? Because it's just like, oh, messed up right now. I mean, there's nothing that is actually good when it comes to the national political scene. You can't even find a little nugget. I mean, it's not even, you can't even find a pebble. You can't even find a piece of dirt. It's just a small little piece, a little, just a little, itty, itty. everything is beyond, beyond right now. You know, and I'll be honest, that's why, you know, I, I, I really didn't do the show last week because, I mean, that's usually, like, unusual. But I just, I, mentally, you know, mentally, it is like running your brain through a circus because you just don't know what's going to be the next 
And I'm, and I'm beginning to think this is, well, I have thought for a while, this has been intentional on the American public. This is gaslighting, gaslighting the American public. I'm not talking about the Donald Trump supporters because they're beyond, beyond law. Do you not going to get them back? They just like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever he say, we just going to follow him to oblivion. So like, for instance, if he tells them to go jump off a bridge into the gates of hell, they going to do that too. So them people... You're not going to get back. You can forget it. You, you, you're done. They're done. You're the 30, 35, 40%, whichever it is. Save your breath. But for the other 60% of us, we're being gaslighted every day, every single day. See, and see, what folks don't understand is that, you know, they're sitting up there and they're in this, like, I don't know, this, this euphoria, this halfway, like, um, half sleep, half awake. You know, kind of like in a day's euphoria. And that's within the 60%. They're in this euphoria right now. Well, at least the stock market's doing well. Well, at least unemployment's low. Well, I, I kind of still got my health insurance. A little bit, depending on what type you got. Because, you know, health care subsidies and cuts for the uh, Affordable Care Act. Uh, you know, I, I can still go and bust up. See, this is what folks need to remember. See, what folks need to remember that, you know, it was signs that were creeping up in like, oh, six, before the economy crashed in 07, there was little signs. It was little signs. You know, it was small. It was like, hey, I'm here. You know, just like a little finger. And then for and then that thing to happen is a finger ended up becoming a whole hand. And then the hand became two hands. And then all of a sudden it grew like these red stock flashing lights on it. Like, watch out, you know, danger, danger. And then the economy took this little, well, big fall in the stock market. I'm telling you right now, right? I'm telling you, them little itty-bitty signs are there. We're going to talk about them in today's show. Uh, it, it was interesting to see that Michigan's unemployment numbers increased up. Michigan was one of the states, and we'll discuss that. Michigan was one of the states, right, that within the uh, crash of 07 to 13, you know, that long five-year crash, it was, it was one of the states that actually stayed on top of the national unemployment figures. If we wasn't one, we were like two, three, okay? And the unemployment numbers are beginning to creep back up. We're going to talk about that on today's show. We got, uh, and, and we're also going to have the video, the video uh, audio, might as well say, from Aisha Johnson's interview. We're going to somewhat discuss Jeff Fake. Oh, uh, and speaking of gaslighting, Donald Trump is like gaslighting you all if you are, you know, the part of the 60%. Because again, I'm not talking about the ones that are going to jump off the bridge into a flaming pit for Donald Trump. That is 35% to 40% of the American people, don't matter what they do. I ain't talking about them. I am talking about the rest of the somewhat logical thinking American public. Them people. I'm talking to you. So, like, for instance, he's gaslighting you on this tax cut. Okay? You can just get ready. It ain't going to be a tax cut for you. We're going to be talking about that during today's show. And then also, which is very interesting, you know, usually if you're paying off the lawyers of the people who may be convicted of crimes, this goes back to the Mueller investigation, you know, that's usually called like quid per quo. Well, in Donald Trump's world, it's just called normal shit. 
So we're going to talk about that on today's show, too. 347-934-0185. Again, 347-934-0185. But before we get to all those subjects, we are actually going to play the latest information from Workers Independent News. Again, if you want to call into the show, 347-934-0185. Workers Independent News is not starting in five minutes or 15 minutes or, you know, even 35 minutes. It's starting right now. You're listening to Win Workers Independent News, a diversified media enterprises production. I'm Doug Cunningham. Call it Labor's Spirit of St. Louis. The solidarity of the AFL-CIO labor delegates gathered for their convention in St. Louis is up against one of the most challenging times in the history of the labor movement. And for Dan Duncan, executive secretary-treasurer of the AFL-CIO's Maritime Trades Department, the location couldn't be more appropriate for a movement trying to uplift workers, their wages, and their power. Because Missouri working families are using a voter referendum to roll back an anti-union law passed by Republicans in the state legislature. Here we are in Missouri, the epicenter of all the fights right now for the right to work for less crowd. They're trying to roll back cities who increase minimum wage here in St. Louis. The minimum wage is supposed to go up to 10, 10 an hour. And the legislature and the governor said, no, 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 you can't do that without us. You've got to go back to 725. So here's people who had a pay raise for six months and lost it. Duncan says even in the teeth of vicious, well-funded and coordinated attacks on worker rights, Workers still have a spirit of resistance and a determination to struggle to regain those rights and improve the living standards of working families. He says these right-to-work laws are designed to destroy the financial ability of labor unions to counteract corporate attacks on working people and our unions. There's been a lot, a lot of solidarity. Uh, We all know what it means. I come from Virginia. We've dealt with the right to work for you for decades in that state, and and now they're trying to do, uh, under Janus, right to work for the public sector. We know there's a fight, but uh, there's a heck of a fight in spirit on the convention floor, and people are saying, okay, if we're going to fight, let's fight. Let's give it everything we've got. American Federation of Government Employees President David Cox says a fighting solidarity spirit is alive and growing in his union as his members engage in a variety of issues vital to them, including protecting the VA from privatization, health care, pensions, and blocking budget cuts to Medicare and Medicaid. Veterans health care, raising the minimum wage, raising wages, period, taking care of people, affordable health care for all. I personally support Medicare for all in this country. The budget that this Congress is uh, preparing to um, adopt also has um, cuts to Medicare and to Medicaid, so all Americans need to be very, very concerned with what we are facing. Cox says his union is growing and its members are getting more engaged and active on the issues confronting working people. AFGE is a fighting union. Our members are fighters. We are seeing our membership continuously grow. We're 100% open shops, but our membership continues to go up. We're seeing the activism of our members get more concerned, more focused. People are joining our nationwide teletown halls. People are engaging like they have never engaged before. You've been listening to Win Workers Independent News. For more information, visit workersindependentnews.com. You're listening to Win Workers Independent News, a diversified media enterprises production. I'm Doug Cunningham. Seven more Ports of Los Angeles Long Beach truckers have filed a wage theft claim, this time for $1.1 million in stolen wages. The workers haul cargo for Home Depot, Dollar Tree, Michaels, and other large retail companies. The wage theft claim against NFI Industries stems from the workers being illegally paid as contractors, independent contractors. 
rather than as employees. The claim filed with California's Division of Labor Standards Enforcement equals an average of $153,150 per driver. The Teamsters Union has been working for years with port truckers in a drive to win justice for the drivers. These allegations of wage theft include illegal payroll deductions, unreimbursed business expenses, meal break premiums, rest break premiums, minimum wages, and waiting time penalties. There are many other wage theft claims pending at the ports of Los Angeles Long Beach, roughly 37 claims for a total of over $6 million in allegedly stolen wages. At the St. Louis AFL-CIO convention, American Postal Workers Union President Mark Demonstein thanked his union brothers and sisters for their solidarity in a successful campaign to stop the farming out of postal work to Staples. Demonstein told AFL-CIO convention delegates that it's that kind of solidarity that will see the labor movement through the rough waters ahead. And as we face the tremendous challenges that we all have ahead, it underscores that when we're bold, And when we're willing to take it to the streets, and when we unite in solidarity, we can and will win. When we fight together, sisters and brothers will win together. The National Labor Relations Board is ordering Alorica to reinstate two workers fired from the company for refusing to sign the company's arbitration agreements. Those agreements illegally prohibited workers from filing unfair labor practice charges with the NLRB. The case was brought by OPEIU Local 153's Seth Goldstein, The NLRB order requires Alorica to reinstate the workers and make them whole by paying back wages. The order also prohibits Alorica from requiring workers to sign anything that prevents them from filing NLRB labor charges. Goldstein says the NLRB ruled that the employees had engaged in Section 7 concerted protected activity in refusing to sign the arbitration agreement and that the employer's act of discharging them violated the act. Wynn is America's multimedia news voice for workers. Despite what anyone in the Postal Service may say, they're going down the road of privatization. It's time to speak up now if you want to save it. Support Wynn's worker news mission at workersindependentnews.com. You've been listening to Wynn, Workers Independent News. For more information, visit workersindependentnews.com. Independent Underground News and Talk and Independent Underground Radio Network. Advanced Auto Parts is offering 20% off of your first order. Now, to save 20% off your first order, go to www.advancedautooffer.com forward slash IU Radio Network. Again, www.advancedautooffer.com. AutoOffer.com forward slash IU Radio Network to save 20% off of your first order. And make sure that you put in AAT20 cash for the savings. Now, did you know that Advanced Auto Parts have been in business over 75 years and has helped the nation's do-it-yourselfers fix their vehicles? Advanced Auto Parts is also your source for quality auto parts, advice, and accessories. So go ahead and get your 20% off today of your first order at advancedautooffer.com forward slash IU Radio Network. And make sure you put in the code AAT20CAST for your 20% savings.
show your support for the Independent Underground Radio Network, which has been podcasting strong since 2010 with over 4.5 million downloads and over 700 episodes with our affiliate network of shows, including Constitutionally Speaking with host Adam Smith, Third Wave Feminism with host Jenny and Diane, Penny's Politics with host Penny Sequoia, and our flagship show, Independent Underground Radio Live with host Monica R.W. So how can you show that support? By going to get the Independent Underground Radio Network app for just $2.99 at Google Play or the Apple Store. Just go and put in the search for Independent Underground Radio Network on Google Play or at the Apple Store and download a version of our app in order to have all of our affiliate network of shows right on your phone, your tablet, computer, or wherever you want to listen to them by streaming live of the Independent Underground Radio Network. Remember, just go to Google Play or the Apple Store, search for Independent Underground Radio Network and download a version of our app on your phone for just $2.99 today and show your support for the best in independent life political anywhere in the world at the Independent Underground Radio Network. Again, 347-934-0185. That is the number to call in. You can also tweet to us at IU Radio Network, at IU Radio Network. If you didn't get a chance last night um, to listen to Penny's Politics, he did a live show last night, um, and it was excellent. Uh, again, Penny's Politics is always on Tuesday right here at the Independent Underground Radio Network. You can catch it on IURadioNetwork.com. You can also right here to the blog talk radio network at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash iu radio network you can visit penny also and listen to his show if you like on his group on facebook too uh and that is penny's politics all you have to do and it's literally up to like 15,000 uh, 1500 1554 members I, I get it you know thousands hundreds i you know it happens Okay. But either way, you can go at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Penny's Politics. And then if you miss third wave feminism, uh, you can catch that on Sundays at three o'clock. Again, Sundays at three o'clock here on the Independent Ground Radio Network. Uh, do not forget to catch up with Jenny and Diane to learn the latest in feminist news and 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 discussion and analysis and debate. Uh, again, on Third Wave Feminism Radio Show. Again, three four seven nine three four zero one eight five is the number to call in. Okay, so my answer. Right. Um, she gave an interview on Good Morning America. I talked about it in the lead in. And here's my thing about this. I'm going to play. I'm going to play this seven minute interview. Here's my thing about this. Right. If the woman who husband, Sergeant David Johnson, who gave his life for his country, if she can't be believed, if, if she has, if her opinion on how this car went in the limo when she was on her way to view her husband's casket for the first time since it came back to America. If if her words can't be believed, then who can we believe? I mean, I can tell you one thing. We cannot believe the Cheeto, okay? Don't believe the Cheeto, okay? Cheeto has been proven time and time again to be a liar. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to say anything different. That is what it is. You know, you don't like it. You can't take it. It's too much for you and your ears. You can always turn off the podcast. But Cheeto has been proven to be a 
Liar. L I A I. Explanation point, explanation point, explanation point. Now, what I will say is Myesha Johnson is not a liar. Okay. So after you uh, finish listening to this interview, and if you want to give, which you can give to the Sergeant uh, David LeJohnson Scholarship Fund, if you haven't done it, you don't hurry up. We already have. We gave some money from IU. Okay. We did it already. But if you have not done that, I would suggest after listening to this for the next seven minutes that you scony on over. I'm going to give you a link and donate some money to Sergeant David LeJohnson's scholarship fund. And yes, it is legit. Okay. It is actually started by Moesha Johnson. And she is going to do what Congresswoman Federica Wilson did for her husband tenfold. Because when I looked at it, the last time I looked at it, it was close to almost $800,000, which is great because she's going to be able to help a lot of kids, which will go way beyond, okay, Cheeto's presidency if we survive it. But either way, way beyond that. And it's going to help so many more people. So I want you to donate to the scholarship fund. But first, I want you to listen to uh, this interview. Again, Good Morning America. And this is the widow, the gold star widow, Maisha Johnson's interview with Good Morning America. This was played on Monday. We're going to play it here today. Here we go. Thank you for coming in this morning. I hope you're feeling the prayers and thoughts of all of us. Yes. You know, it was so clear watching the funeral how loved and respected Le David was by his family, his friends, his community, his fellow soldiers. What do you want people to know about him? Well, I want the world to know how great of a soldier my husband was and a loving and caring father and husband he was to our family. You knew him since you were six, huh? Yes, sir. And I also know uh, you have a lot of questions about what happened yes. in Niger. Yes. What's at the top of your mind? The questions that I have that I need answered is I want to know why it took them 48 hours to find my husband. Why couldn't I see my husband? Every time I asked to see my husband, they wouldn't let me. What did they tell you? Um, they're telling me that he's in a severe, a severe rap, like I, I won't be able to see him. I need to see him so I, I will know that that is my husband. I don't know nothing. They won't show me a finger, a hand. I know my husband's body from head to toe, and they won't let me see anything. I don't know what's in that box. It could be empty for all I know. But I need, I, I need to see my husband. I haven't seen him since, since I, he came home. And what have they told you about what happened in Africa? I really don't know the answers to that one, neither, because when they came to my house, they just told me that um, it was a massive gunfire and my husband, as of October 4th, was missing. They didn't know his whereabouts. They didn't know where he was or where to find him. And a couple of days later is when they told me that he went from missing to killed in action. I don't know how he got killed, where he got killed, or anything. 
I don't know that part. They never told me, and that's what I've been trying to find out since day one, since October 4th. Are you confident you're going to get the answers you need? If I keep pushing for them, I will. And they just say they don't know? They won't tell me. They, they won't tell me anything. I, I don't know anything. There are also a lot of questions about the phone call you received from President Trump. I know you were in a car to the airport. Mm -hmm. Tell us what happened next. Me and my family was in the limo to receive my husband from, I think that was Denver, Dover we went to? Dover. Dover. And we was literally on the airport strip getting ready to get out. And he called Master Sergeant Neil Phone. I asked Master Sergeant Neal to put his phone on speaker so my aunt and uncle could hear as well. And he goes on to saying his statement as what he said was... The president. Yes, the president said that he knew what he signed up for, but it hurts anyway. And I was, it made me cry because I was very angry at the the tone of his voice and how he said it. Like he 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 couldn't remember my husband's name. The only way he remembered my husband's name because he told me he had my husband report in front of him, and that's when he actually said La David. I heard him stumbling on trying to remember my husband's name, and that was hurting me the most because if my husband is out here fighting for our country and he risked his life for our country, why can't you remember his name? And that would make me upset and cry even more because my husband was an awesome soldier. He did what it take people, other soldiers, like five years to do in three years. So imagine if my husband was here now. He, my, it took my husband three years to make E5. It take other soldiers five to six years just to make an E5. So if he was here now, he would have been on his way to being an E6 or an E7. My husband had high hopes in, in the military career. What did you say to the president? I, I, didn't, I didn't say anything. I just listened. But you were upset when you got off the phone. Oh, very, very upset and hurt. Very. It made me cry even worse. Congresswoman Wilson reported that, and you, you explained she, she was in the car with you. Yes. She's been close to your family for a long time. Yes, yes. Ms. Wilson, my uncle-in-law was Ms. Wilson's elementary school um, principal. And my husband was in her 5,000 role model program. That's why she's well connected with us because she's been in our family since we were, since we were little kids. The president said that the congresswoman was lying about the phone call. Whatever Ms. Wilson said was not fabricated. What she said was 100% correct. It was Master Sergeant Neal, me, my aunt, my uncle, and the driver, and Ms. Wilson in a car. The phone was on speakerphone. Why would we fabricate something like that? Is there anything you'd like to say to the president now? No. I don't, nah, I don't have nothing to say to him. Your little girl's going to be born in January. Yes, what, January 29th. What are you going to tell her about her dad? 
I'm going to tell her how awesome her dad was and how a great father he was and how he died as a hero. Well, she's going to love to hear. Maisha, thank you for sharing your story yes. this morning. Thank you. You did die a hero. Oh, and so powerful. And to have to go through all of this while she's grieving her husband is truly unthinkable. But she's a powerful woman. And you saw her being when she talked about him. Yep. Welcome back. Those were, again, the words of uh, Maisha Johnson, 347-934-0185. She has two kids. Um, right now, uh, uh, one in the belly, so she's pregnant with her third child from her and her husband, uh, LaDavid Johnson. Uh, she's going to have to take care of these three kids alone, thanks to the actions that happened in Niger, which we don't still know exactly what was the actions that happened in Niger that led to her husband and three other, uh, 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 rangers, army rangers being killed in a, we don't know what it is. We don't know if it was ambush, uh, uh, a rogue attack, uh, you know, a mistake, uh, on purpose. We just don't know, but either way, her husband and three other, uh, servicemen, his, 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 uh, soldiers, fellow soldiers were killed. And so, Maisha Johnson, the one that got the call by the president saying to her, as she was going to view her husband's casket, that he knew what he signed up for, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't really care, honestly. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a veteran spouse, okay? I don't really care what he said after that. I mean, he as in the, the Cheeto. I don't care what he said. He could have said, and the skies are blue and unicorns are flying. The point is, is that when a person dies in the line of duty, you give your regrets, condolences, let them know that the United States military and the United States uh, people in general will be there for them during their time of grieving, and that Sergeant LaDavid Johnson Gave the ultimate sacrifice for his country. That's about it. You don't have to do anything else other than that. Okay? You really don't. But, you know, this person we have in the White House right now, you know, it's all about him. It's never about anyone else. And I have to ask this. You know, maybe because LaDavid Johnson was African-American, maybe that's why he got treated a little different. I mean, you know, then, then uh, say, by Cheeto to his spouse. Maybe so. But either way, we're going to move past that right now because what I want you to do, if you have not done it yet, okay, is that I want you to go and do a little Google search, and I'm going to give you the, uh, the GoFundMe page. But I want you to go and do a little Google search before I give you the link to the GoFundMe page. And I want you to find, I want you to put in, it's not hard, Sergeant LaDavid Johnson Scholarship. That's all you got to do. You just put in Sergeant. You can put in SGT. You can do the abbreviations for Sergeant. LaDavid Johnson Scholarship. I want you to put that in. I want you to click the first link, and that's going to take you to a GoFundMe page. If you cannot manage to do that, that's okay. I'm going to get a pen, get a piece of paper now, and then I'm going to give you 
the um, website link, okay? Which is really easy, actually. All you're going to do is get your pen and get your piece of paper, www.gofundme.com forward slash sgt-la-david-johnson-scholarship. That did not say slash, that said dash. So I'm going to do it again. www.gofundme.com forward slash sgt dash la la dash david d a v i d slash johnson j o h n s o n slash scholarship s c h o l a r s h i p the sergeant david la johnson scholarship and then i would ask for you to do the following donate once you get there, donate. Whatever you got. Maybe you only got $10. You got $5. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is that you have um, that you can donate to this scholarship, donate. That's what I want you to do. I don't want you to concentrate on this at, at this point. Please, please, please. You, you, let me do that for you. Uh, concentrate on, on, on Cheeto, Crazy Annex. You know, even though we're going to be talking about them, you know, throughout the show. But right now, right now, as you're listening to the sound of my voice on this podcast, what I actually want you to do instead of, of like hyper fixating on the actions of that has happened to Maisa Johnson and her family, thanks to Cheeto, what I actually want to do is take that anger or disappointment or shock or, or just, just plain amazement or just pissed offness. And what I want you to do instead is I want you to go and donate to the Sergeant LaDavid T. Johnson Scholarship, okay? And, and however much you feel that you're angry, upset, or shocked, or just plain amazed, or just can't believe this, or oh, wow, you know, donate that in monetary form. Donate that. And, I mean, just go, just go donate, okay? Right now, the uh, scholarship has about 720 thousand dollars okay and she is looking at a million dollar goal so i mean i think we can do this people i think we can get to the point of a million dollars this is what it's going to go for it's going to go for uh 500 role models excellent project okay is establishing a model army David T. Johnson scholarship would benefit his children by providing money towards their college education right? So in other words, his children will be able to go to college and then some. And then also, she's going to also give adult, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, do and give money to the 5,000 role models of excellent uh, project, which is also a scholarship. So, you know what I'm saying? And then she actually took the time throughout all of the things that she has been going through. And I got to read this. So I, please first donate. Okay, if you haven't yet, still. Sergeant LaDavid Johnson Scholarship. But I wanted to read this. This update was two days ago. I got it two days ago um, from Maisa Johnson. Uh, just real quick, and then we'll move on. Thank you to everyone who has de- generously donated to the scholarship fund of the children of Sergeant LaDavid Johnson, Miss Maisa Johnson. This weekend, Sergeant uh, Johnson was laid to West. 
Miss Johnson, her children were surrounded by an abundance of love and comfort by their family and friends. Miss Johnson is eternally grateful for all the compassion and kindness you have shown to her and her children during this very difficult time. Please continue to share this campaign with your friends and family and community, as there is no limit of generosity of uh, the human heart. Thank you to you all. This is from Maisa Johnson. So she actually took the time, unlike Cheeto, and actually thanked the people who, a lot of them, who have actually donated to this, this scholarship fund for her children. That's what you do with the anger. Because we're not going to change that person in, in the White House. There is no changing for him. He's way past 35. Freud has said once you get past the age of 35, you ain't changing. He's not changing. So what we can do is that we can actually try and help out the widow, the gold star family, their children. That's what we can do. And that's what we should do. Okay. So with that, I'm going to take a very quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about, and we're going to play Jeff Flake's speech, some of it, on the Senate floor. 347-934-0185. Until then, you're going to be listening to the Green News Report. Again, Independent Underground, already alive. It's Tuesday, October 24, 2017. It uh, shocked all of us when we saw the numbers. New report finds pollution kills more people every year than war, disaster, or hunger. Do you agree that the president's response and his administration's has been a 10? Well, if it is a 10 out of a scale of 100, of course. Senate to vote on disaster relief for hurricane victims. EPA censoring climate science and government scientists. Plus, it's the hottest World Series in professional baseball history, literally. Oh, fantastic. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comments. Coal-fired power plants cause terrible air pollution. Stop! Air pollution is a myth, like asthma. Some kids just cough more. Sign that man up for the Trump administration. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, it is late October. It sure as hell doesn't feel like it out here in Southern California. No, certainly not. And that means that Game 1 of the World Series starts in Los Angeles on Tuesday during a record-breaking heat wave with temperatures around 100 degrees in late October. This will indeed be the hottest World Series in history. It actually reached 101 this week in Los Angeles, again, in late October. Yeah, we can't really say that enough, can we? Not that anybody cares. In Puerto Rico, more than a month after Hurricane Maria hit, 30% of the island still lacks clean drinking water, and 80% of the island remains without electricity. The U.S. Senate is scheduled to vote on a $36 billion disaster relief funding package this week that already passed the House. More than half of that will go to FEMA to deal with the multiple simultaneous extreme weather disasters that have hit the United States. And is it nearly enough? No, it's certainly is not. 
Congressional Republican leadership, however, has promised additional future aid bills. Senate Democratic Minority Leader Chuck Schumer on Monday called on President Trump to appoint an official disaster response and recovery coordinator, granted the authority to bring all federal agencies together to oversee federal disaster response efforts. I thought that's what FEMA was supposed to do. I thought that's what the Department of Homeland Security was supposed to do when FEMA came under it. I thought that's what the president was supposed to do when he oversaw the Department of Homeland Security. Turns out, lights on, nobody's home. In an interview on the broadcast, former Puerto Rican Energy Commissioner and current United Nations Climate Policy Consultant Ramon Cruz warned that rebuilding Puerto Rico's electric grid is a very complex undertaking, vulnerable to vultures seeking to take advantage of billions in federal aid dollars. Cruz also warned mainland Americans to push their own elected representatives to do more to prepare climate disaster adaptation plans. Everywhere in the coast, everywhere that is vulnerable, to climate change, to global warming, there should be a plan for how to deal with essential infrastructure. Well, of course they should have such plans, but this administration can't even get through a a single disaster in Puerto Rico. You expect them to plan for the next one? Meanwhile, pollution kills more people every year than war, disaster, or hunger. That's the conclusion of a new study published in the medical journal Lancet that found that in 2015, at least 9 million people around the world died prematurely due to exposure to toxic pollution caused by fossil fuels and industrial sources, especially in developing economies with lax environmental regulations. The researchers warned the actual number of deaths is likely much higher and noted that pollution is also so expensive. Polluting industries don't pay for the higher health care costs that they cause. And as co-author Dr. Richard Fuller noted in The Guardian, quote, what people don't realize is that pollution does damage to economies. People who are sick or dead cannot contribute to an economy. Why do you hate jobs, Desi Doyen? Meanwhile, Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Scott Pruitt is ratcheting up censorship of science and EPA scientists, including the last-minute cancellation of the scheduled appearance of three EPA scientists who were set to present an EPA-funded report on climate change impacts on Monday at a conference partly funded by the EPA. Pruitt also indicated he plans to limit scientists who receive EPA research grants from participating on federal science advisory boards to avoid what he called potential conflicts of interest, but not scientists who are funded by industries that are regulated by the EPA. And in an apparent effort by the EPA to play down the threat of global warming, the agency has deleted even more climate science data from taxpayer-funded websites. That's according to a new analysis by the Environmental Data and Governance Initiative. They found that dozens of online climate resources have been taken down, including information intended to help state, local, and tribal governments prepare for the impacts of climate change. But Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel announced on Monday that now 17 cities around the U.S. have stepped in to act as repositories for much of the federal climate science data that Trump's EPA has removed. For much more on all of those stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us worldwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report.
most entrepreneurs and small business owners, it's the very thing that always seems to be in short supply. Time to do, never enough time to get it all done. The good news is that our friends over at FreshBooks feel your pain and have created something to help you reclaim some of your precious time. FreshBooks is a simple invoicing solution that lets you create and send look professional-looking invoices in seconds. Oh, and invoicing is just the beginning. FreshBooks will also make managing your expenses, staying on top of who owes you what, and tracking your time the easiest part of your day. If your business keeps you constantly on the move, not to worry. The FreshBooks mobile app can keep up. You can use the camera on your phone to capture your receipts while you watch FreshBooks magically create your expense reports for you. If you do have questions, contact the award-winning FreshBooks support team and get help from real-life humans. No phone tree, no let me escalate that, no I will get back to you, just helpful service at the drop of a hat. So, to try FreshBooks free for 30 days, just go to www.gofreshbooks.com forward slash IU Radio Network. Again, www.gofreshbooks.com forward slash IU Radio Network. And enter Independent Underground News and Talk into the How Did You Hear About Us section. Show your support for the Independent Underground Radio Network, which has been podcasting strong since 2010 with over 4.5 million downloads and over 700 episodes with our affiliate network of shows, including Constitutionally Speaking with host Adam Smith, Third Wave Feminism with host Jenny and Diane, Penny's Politics with host Penny Sequoia, and our flagship show, Independent Underground Radio Live with host Monica R.W. So how can you show that support? By going to get the Independent Underground Radio Network app for just $2.99 at Google Play or the Apple Store. Just go and put in the search for Independent Underground Radio Network on Google Play or at the Apple Store and download a version of our app in order to have all of our affiliate network of shows right on your phone, your tablet, computer, or whenever you want to listen to them by streaming live of the Independent Underground Radio Network. Remember, just go to Google Play or the Apple Store. Search for Independent Underground Radio Network and download a version of our app on your phone for just $2.99 today and show your support for the bat in independent life political anywhere in the world at the Independent Underground Radio Network. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution and call Independent Underground Radio Live. Hello! 347 934 0185 is your instant invitation to crash the political party. Be involved, be passionate, but don't be an abusive dork brain. Aw, shut up, you dumb jerk face. 347-934-0185. This is your host, 
Monica R.W. from Independent Underground Radio Live or IU Radio Live. And did you know you can catch us 24-7-365 right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network? All you got to do is go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash R-O-J-S Radio Live. And you can tweet to us at IU News Talk, at IU News Talk, and join us at Access Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash R-O-J-S Radio Live. And you can listen to us on the road or at home or at the beach right through our podcast RSS Theater. And we have them on iTunes, Burberry, Stitcher, Moro, Learn Out Loud, and more. So never miss your fix of IU News and Talk or IU Radio Live. Connect with independent underground radio. Live on the Blog Talk Radio Network Tuesday, Thursday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. or our archive shows available 24 hours, 7 days a week, 365 days per year. On TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud by searching Independent Underground Radio Live. Make sure to save our show to your favorites or subscribe. Welcome back to the second hour Independent Underground Radio Live. In the first hour, if you missed the first hour, sad, sad for you. You should be listening to the whole show. But in the first hour, we talked about, the, uh, yeah, obviously, the sad, shameful, um, disgusting, actually, uh, treatment of, of the uh, fallen soldier, uh, Sergeant Davis Johnson's wife, uh, Maisha Johnson, and the Congresswoman, Federica Wilson. We did talk about that in the first hour. Uh, and, and, yeah, we gave the information for the uh, scholarship fund. Uh, and we also basically uh, got you into uh, the latest information from Workers Independent News and also the latest information from the Green News Report. Now, this is the second hour. Again, 347-934-0185. You can tweet to us at IU Radio Network. Again, at IU Radio Network. You can catch us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash IU Radio Network. Um, And I always like to make sure I start the second hour with, if you have not got our app yet on your phone and why you haven't, I don't know, get it now. You can go over on uh, Google Play and just put in a search for Independent Underground Radio Live. And for $2.99, you can download a version of the app on your phone and it helps support the network and also basically the various shows, uh, including uh, well, it used to be. We'll bring it on. Hopefully, I don't. We'll be back by January. Uh, but costumely speaking, with Autumn Smith. But right now, we have Penny's Politics, Penny's Politics with Penny Sequoia, and also Third Away Feminism with Jenny and Diane. It does support those hosts. So please, please, please make sure that you go onto Google Play. It will be available on Apple. By the 1st of November, just to let you know, you can go to the Apple Store after the 1st of November. And then you can put in Independent Underground Radio Live, again, Independent Underground Radio Live, or Independent Underground Radio Network, Independent Underground Radio Network. For $2.99, download a version of our app, help support the network. Also, basically, the show is being sponsored by FreshBooks. Uh, if you did not get that information, in order to be able to go to FreshBooks, then 
get like really nice accounting software for like your business, then uh, it's okay. We'll play that again. You can go to FreshBooks and you can support the show by um, our FreshBooks or also Advanced Auto Parts. We'll play that also. You can get a 20% discount at Advanced Auto Parts by the link that we give you. So yeah, so there's a lot of different ways you can support Independent Ground, our radio network, and all of the shows on here. So make sure that you do that. Period. So with that, we're going to move on to the second hour. Jeff Lake, who is a senator now for the next 14 months from um, the state of Arizona, uh, he did. He got onto the Senate floor and he delivered a speech. Now we're going to play some of that. 17. We're not paying 17 minutes of Jeff Lake's speech, and the reason why we're not is because later on that night. Jeff Flake basically voted in unison with the Republican Party in order to strip consumer financial protections from big banks, from you, me, and everybody else that's a part of the 99%. So this was Jeff Flake's moment in time, right, to tell the world what he thought about Donald Trump, and then he turned around and voted with Donald Trump. But either way, I mean, you still should listen to the words, some of them anyway, the most of the we're going to play. Because it was a momentary moment of two for Jeff Flake. With that, we're going to go ahead and play that now. Key up that sound. Jeff Flake's speech. Probably only going to play about five minutes of a 17-minute speech. We got other things to talk about tonight. But either way, here we go. At a moment when it seems that our democracy is more defined by our discord and our dysfunction than by our own values and principles, uh, let me begin by noting a somewhat obvious point that these offices that we hold are not ours indefinitely. We're not here simply to mark time. Sustained incumbency is certainly not the point of seeking office, and there are times when we must risk our careers in favor of our principles. Now is such a time. It must also be said that I rise today with no small measure of regret. Regret because of the state of our disunion. Regret because of the disrepair and destructiveness of our politics. Regret because of the indecency of our discourse. Regret because of the coarseness of our leadership. Regret for the compromise of our moral authority. And by our, I mean all of our complicity in this alarming and dangerous state of affairs. It is time for our complicity and our accommodation of the unacceptable to end. In this century, a new phrase has entered the language to describe the accommodation of a new and undesirable order, that phrase being the new normal. But we must never adjust to the present coarseness of our national dialogue with the tone set at the top. We must never regard as normal the regular and casual undermining of our democratic norms and ideals. We must never meekly accept the daily sundering of our country. The personal attacks, the threats against principles, freedoms and institutions, the flagrant disregard for truth and decency, the reckless provocations, most often for the pettiest and most personal reasons, reasons having nothing whatsoever to do with the fortunes of the people that we have been elected to serve. None of these appalling features of our current politics should ever be regarded as normal. 
We must never allow ourselves to lapse into thinking that that is just the way things are now. If we simply become inured to this condition, thinking that it is just, it is just politics as usual, then heaven help us. Without fear of the consequences and without consideration of the rules of what is politically safe or palatable, we must stop pretending that the de degradation of our politics and the conduct of some in our executive branch are normal. They are not normal. Reckless, outrageous, and undignified behavior has become excused and countenanced as telling it like it is when it is actually just reckless, outrageous, and, and undignified. And when such behavior emanates from the top of our government, it is something else. It is dangerous to a democracy. Such behavior does not project strength because our strength comes from our values. It instead projects a corruption of the spirit and weakness. It is often said that children are watching. Well, they are. And what are we going to do about that? When the next generation asks us, why didn't you do something? Why didn't you speak up? What are we going to say? Mr. President, I rise today to say enough. We must dedicate ourselves to making sure that the anomalous never becomes the normal. With respect and humility, I must say that we have fooled ourselves for long enough that a pivot to governing is right around the corner a return to civility, civility and stability right behind it. We know better than that. By now, we all know better than that. Here today, I stand to say that we would be better served. We would better serve the country by better fulfilling our obligations under the Constitution by adhering to our Article I old normal, Mr. Madison's doctrine of separation of powers. This genius innovation which affirms Madison's status as a true visionary and for which Madison argued in Federalist 51 held that the equal branches of our government would balance and counteract with each other if necessary. Ambition counteracts ambition, he wrote. But what happens if ambition fails to counteract ambition? What happens if stability fails to assert itself in the face of chaos and instability? if decency fails to call out indecency. Were the shoe on the other foot, we Republicans, would we Republicans meekly accept such behavior on display from dominant Democrats? Of course we wouldn't, and we would be wrong if we did. When we remain silent and fail to act, when we know that silence and inaction is the wrong thing to do because of political considerations, because we might make enemies, because we might alienate the base, because we might provoke a primary challenge, because ad infinitum, ad nauseum. When we succumb to those considerations in spite of what should be greater considerations and imperatives in defense of our institutions and our liberty, we dishonor our principles and forsake our obligations. Those things are far more important than politics. Now, I'm aware that more politically savvy people than I will caution against such talk. I'm aware that there is a segment of my party that believes that anything short of 
of complete and unquestioning loyalty to a president who belongs to my party is unacceptable and suspect. If I have been critical, it is not because I relish criticizing the behavior of the President of the United States. If I have been critical, it is because I believe it is my obligation to do so, and as a matter and duty of conscience. The notion that one should stay silent and that as the norms and values that keep America strong are undermined, and as the alliances and agreements that ensure the stability of the entire world are routinely threatened by the level of thought that goes into 140 characters. The notion that we should say or do nothing in the face of such mercurial behavior is ahistoric, and I believe profoundly misguided. So welcome back to Independent Underground Radio Live. Like I said, I'm not paying a whole 17 minutes. So that's what Jeff Flake did yesterday, right? He was on the Senate floor. Senator, Republican from Arizona, uh, took 17 minutes, went on everybody's talk show uh, in order to say how he wasn't running again, and this is how he felt about Trump. And then Jeff Flake did this. Uh, this is from the Yahoo, along with 50 other Republicans, um, actually. Um, okay, so this is from Yahoo News. Okay, so just to let you know who you're working with, this is the Wells Fargo Immunity Act. Customers lose right to sue companies. Yes, that's what happened. Okay, so let me read the story. And the story is from, just to let you know, this is from Ethan Wolfman. Vice President Mike Pence broke a fifth tie on the Senate floor Tuesday evening to repeal a rule that prevents financial institutions, banks, and credit card companies, for example, from striking lawsuits filed by wrong customers. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which was built out of the financial crisis, that's the one I said in the first hour, you know, the one that basically bankrupt everybody, damn near, uh, created the rule five years after study and forced arbitration clauses. The flying print inserted by companies to insulate them against lawsuits instead of sending them to arbitration, quote unquote. Congress is standing up for everyday consumers and community banks and credit unions instead of the trial lawyers who have benefited the most from the uh, CFBP uninformed and ineffective policy, said the White House in a press release. Mm-hmm. For the 100 and 400 and uh, I'm sorry, 145 million customers who watch Equifax play fast and loose with their financial data. It may be difficult to see how allowing companies to kill class action lawsuits is a good thing. Quote, unquote. Tonight's vote is a giant setback for every consumer in this country, said Richard Corday, the CFBP director in a statement. As a result, companies like Wells Fargo and Equifax remain free to without any legal blowback from their customers. Uh, this is also a quote, quote. The bill was entirely and exclusively supported by the financial industry, said F. Paul Blant, an attorney at Public Justice, a consumer group. Every group that represents consumers was strongly against this bill. Now, Blant listed special interest groups that oppose the bill, as member groups, senior citizen groups, civil rights groups, quote, quote. A lot of polling said that both Republicans and Democrats opposed the bills by heavy margins, said Blant. This was the Wells Fargo Immunity Act, 
it's essentially a bailout for those companies. Now, for Wells Fargo and Equifax and other companies that behave very badly on a major scale, preventing consumers from banding together to seek justice is a major boon that could save companies from an unknowable amount of damages. According to Bland, without class actions, most consumers will not take action. Quote, unquote. The argument is that a individual arbitration is better for consumers is laughable, he said. Look at Equifax. 145 million people. Each of them are supposed to literally file a separate individual arbitration for themselves. How many of them would even be able to find the American Arbitration Association? Now, the Trump administration said in a statement that the CFBP rule would have benefited, quote unquote, trial lawyers with, quote unquote, lawsuits. Putting aside judging whether suing Aquifax or Wells Fargo for negligence might be considered fraudy, the Trump administration amounts to a blatant disregard for the facts. In fact, in the CFPB massive study on arbitration, the agency examined more than 400 class action suits. The attorney fees end up being just 18% of the money recovered on average. A far cry from a lawyer's takeoff. Uh, within the Trump administration's comment about these "quote unquote" trial lawyers, as the White House calls them, lies on, her, you know, honestly, her hypocrisy, according to Brandt. "Quote unquote." Mike Pence have a view of trial lawyers that basically add up to: if you're not on the side of rich and powerful, uh, if you're on the side of rich and powerful, you're a good lawyer. And if that lawyer is representing an individual person and they are a quote-unquote trial lawyer, they are a leech on American society, Blant said about Mike Pence. Now, in the past two years, large companies have been exposed for bad behavior on a massive scale. Just Equifax and Wells Fargo just named two, uh, quote-unquote. Down the road, this is going to be a growing catastrophe for Republicans who vote for this bill, Blant said. I don't think it's likely... Uh, the last significant time that we're going to see consumers totally cheated. Referring to Equifax and Wells Fargo. Story continues. By removing consumer rights to class action lawsuits, companies have less motivation next time to police their own behavior and play by the rules. In fact, quote unquote from Mr. Bland, the next time we discover something like Wells Fargo having a couple, a million, billion people that they open phony unauthorized accounts for, the 50 Republicans and Mike Pence will own about 100% of that handle. Again, this story is from Ethan Wolfman, who is a writer for Yahoo Finance. You can find him on Twitter at E. Wolf, and that's actually spelled. W O L F F man M A Let's do that again. You can find him on Twitter at E W O L F F M A N N. Again, E W L O F F M A N N. There you go. That's where you can find it. I mean, so that's what that's 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 what Jeff Blake did along with Lisa Murkowski and, and John McCain and Susan Collins. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, all of them. You know, the ones that was like, hey, we're 
you know, we didn't grow on the conscious. Um, yeah, they didn't grow one on this one. They just went ahead and just, just, just sold you under the river. So the next time, and there will be a next time, folks. The next, it will, probably within the next year. The next time that the less than that, the economy takes a dump in the crap hole, and you can't sue nobody because the banks play, you know, little tricks with the money again. You know, like they did with the derivatives on housing, you know, that caused the housing crisis that made over millions of people lose their homes. The next time that that happens, I'm telling you right now, do not blame Barack Obama. Okay, do not go to Barack Obama like Barack Obama is your fault. You did this. No, no, no. No, no, no. Especially the... um, uh, the Trump voters, you know, the ones that will jump off a bridge and follow him, and, and he say jump onto a concrete below ground without a parachute. I'm talking about those voters. The next time that you fix your little mouth to try and blame Barack Obama, oh, hell no. You better make sure that you blame the persons that did this. This, 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 this. That's the party you voted for, the Republican Party. And then that that person in the White House, that person, Cheeto, blame them. Now, meanwhile, between time, I also wanted to let you know before we go into the next clip, because, you know, it's always good to give you the best news ever, is that these are the signs that the Academy is not, you know, doing as well as you think it is. Um, so first of all, you got the S and P 500, which was uh, down 11.98% or 47% today. The Dow was also down. This is after this bill <laughs> passed by Mike Pence on the tie-breaking vote. The Dow was also down. You know, the one that pretty much gave away your right to sue companies. The Dow was also down. It, it was crazy down. It was down uh, 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 112.30% or, or better yet. Uh, 0.48%. Dow, NASDAQ is down too, okay? NASDAQ was down today, uh, 34.54 or like 0.52% from this one. In fact, it's been down a lot. I mean, cruel oil, that's down, you know, gold went up, silver went up. So here's what, and this is why gold and silver, and I'm just giving you a little NBA financial advice, right? This is why gold and silver is going up and the rest of that crap is going down because they know that when the, when it's, when the bull market is beginning to become a bear market, what you do is that you go and you put your money in gold and silver. And if you look at the trend lines, you can go look at them yourself. Go look at gold and silver. You look at the trend lines on gold and silver right now, that's just going up. And these S&P 500, Dow 30, NASDAQ, that shit is going down. That's, that's your clue. Now, I just gave it to you. That was a little bit of MBA financial advice. You can listen or you can't. You don't got to. You can keep thinking that, you know, Trump is the best thing and his economy since sliced bread. Keep on thinking that. Keep on thinking that. Don't worry. Eventually, you'll figure out the truth. Somehow. Now, with that, I wanted to go ahead and play the next clip. Now, speaking of that tax plan, right, the tax plan that Trump is touting supposedly everywhere, you know what it's going to do? Do you really know? See, it's going to actually give him 
a tax break. So I want to play this particular clip, and it is from uh, uh, the Ring of Fire. Start that up right now, 347-934-0185. Since Donald Trump was sworn in as president, it kind of became obvious that he basically wanted this job as a new way to enrich himself and his family. Uh, we've seen that to, through his constant trips to Mar-a-Lago, the amount of money that has been paid by the federal government to his resorts for things like meals, lodging, and the rental of golf carts. But Donald Trump was never really just planning on using those outlets as a means to get rich by being president, and that is what his tax reform push is all about. According to new analysis, Donald Trump, his family members, and the members of his cabinet stand to make combined $3.5 billion off of the tax plan that they are pushing. Now, a lot of that obviously comes in the form of having a reduced overall income tax for the top income bracket, which would affect people like Donald Trump, uh, Betsy DeVos, and others within the administration, meaning they would pay less and less every year. But what really uh, uh, gets it is the fact that they want to do away with the inheritance tax, which would protect Donald Trump's fortune to be handed down to his greedy, horrible children. Meanwhile, the rest of us in this country, the 99%, literally get nothing. Now, I know a lot of uh, Republicans, including Sarah Huckabee Sanders, have been out there recently telling us that the average American is going to get a $4,000 a year raise as a result of this uh, uh, tax cut package. Average uh, savings per family is going to be $4,000 a year. Seems like a lot, right? Seems like you're going to have more money coming in. Well, when you think about the law of averages, the averages doesn't uh, just include the middle class. It also includes those jackasses like the Trumps, like his administration, who are going to save $3.5 billion a year. The lowest income earners are going to have their taxes actually go up from 10% to 12%. They're going to close certain deductions so that these people and the middle class have to pay more each year. There are fewer things that we'll be able to deduct from our taxes in order to pay for that $3.5 billion that's just going to the Trump administration. And let's be very clear about that, folks. This is not the wealthy elite get $3.5 billion. These are just the people in the White House. Donald Trump and the people he has appointed to serve him will get $3.5 billion. The Kochs get even more than that. Uh, uh, the Mercers, the Sheldon Adelsons, all of those wealthy Republicans are not even included in that $3.5 billion. So that's why, yeah, on average, uh, people are going to save $4,000. Well, no. When you have some families saving ten to $20 million a year, the rest of us get absolutely nothing. So don't fall for their nonsensical lies about average savings per family. The bottom line is that this tax plan from day one has always been about making Donald Trump more money and making the wealthy elite more money. And yet Republicans are coming out every single day and lying to you about what this tax plan is all about and what it will actually do for this country. 
the best guess is that it's going to send us into another recession while people like Trump and the Kochs and the Mercers and everybody else in that top 1% gets even more money back every single year while the rest of us lose jobs, lose buying power, possibly lose our homes, and hey, while they're at it, they're going to strip us of our health care too. But they don't care because they get a few million extra dollars every year by screwing over the rest of the country. Thanks for watching. And if you like what you see here on Ring of Fire, we encourage you to subscribe to our channel. Um, you can see the little subscribe button down there, but if you're watching it on another device where you can't see it, go to Most entrepreneurs and small business owners, it's the very thing that always seems to be in short supply. Tons to do, never enough time to get it all done. The good news is that our friends over at FreshBooks feel your pain and have created something to help you reclaim some of your precious time. FreshBooks is the simple invoicing solution that lets you create and send slick professional looking invoices in seconds. Oh, and invoicing is just the beginning. FreshBooks will also make managing your expenses, staying on top of who owes you what, and tracking your time the easiest part of your day. If your business keeps you constantly on the move, not to worry. The FreshBooks mobile app can keep up. You can use the camera on your phone to capture your receipts while you watch FreshBooks magically create your expense reports for you. If you do have questions, contact the award-winning FreshBooks support team and get help from real-life humans. No phone tree, no less we escalate that, no I will get back to you, just helpful service at the drop of a hat. So, to try FreshBooks free for 30 days, just go to www.gofreshbooks.com forward slash IU Radio Network. Again, www.gofreshbooks.com forward slash IU Radio Network. And enter Independent Underground News and Talk into the How Did You Hear About Us section. Independent Underground Radio Live, or I use some other files, is fully owned and operated by ROJS Media, LCC. Any questions or concerns about the contents of this podcast can be addressed directly to webmaster at reachout.search.com. You are listening to independent artist 10,000 Slings. Would you like your advertising to fly all across the United States and internationally? Well, if so, advertise today with Independent Underground Radio Live or IU Radio Live. 
We get over 15,000 downloads a month of our podcast and growing by the day. So in other words, let's set up your advertising kit and advertising package today. All you have to do is just email us for information at webmaster at reachoutjobsearch.com. Again, webmaster at reachoutjobsearch.com. Look forward to hearing from you. And the music that you're listening to is independent artist, third string, Fly Me to the Moon. part of the problem be part of the solution and call independent underground radio live hello 347-934-0185 is your instant invitation to crash the political party oh be involved be passionate but don't be an abusive dork brain oh shut up you dumb jerk face 347-934-0185 Eight five. Oh, welcome back to Independent Underground Radio Live. We are in the final round, the final twenty minutes or so of our podcast here today. Again, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so at three four seven nine three four zero one eight five. You can also reach us on Twitter at. IU Radio Network. Again, at IU Radio Network, you can reach us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash IU Radio Network. If on, I'll just let you know again, if you missed Penny's Politics on Tuesday, it was a great show. Uh, you can always listen on the archive files, Penny Politics, Penny's SS Politics. All you got to do is go to www.blogtopradio.com forward slash IU Radio Network. You can also catch us and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, basically, just by downloading the version of our app, right on uh, the Apple Store. You put in Independent Ground Radio Network. You pay two dollars ninety nine cents. It helps not only it not only helps right uh, the network, but it also helps our show host too. So you can listen there. We prefer that you download a version of our app at the uh, Google Play Store. For just two dollars ninety nine cent, um, you can also listen on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. Uh, so those are other ways that you can catch the archive files of the Independent Ground Radio Network. But <laughs> make sure you do the version of the app and support the host. Okay, support the host. I love them. Do a great job. On Sunday, you can catch. Um, Jenny at Third World Feminism, Jenny and Becca at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, and Penny's shows come on Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, okay? And so, yeah, so let's get into the next, again, 20 minutes or so. So, like, okay, so we talked about the um, tax plan that's not going to help you, Okay. Uh, I wanted to, before we divert off into it and, and, and get into uh, Keith Olbermann's latest uh, version of the resistance, I think he's up to like 160 something now. 
I wanted to let you know about some local things here in Michigan that will be coming towards a town near you if they get passed. Okay, because we're not getting a lot of Michigan politics right now. But a lot of stuff is going on in Lansing that you need to know. So there's a bill right now, and it's House Bill uh, 5098. And this would preempt local authorities' right over public right-of-way projects. So, like, okay, so if a project wanted to build in the public right-of-way, your local authority, whether that's a township, village, or city, this bill, House Bill 5098, would preempt that. And it's by Michelle Hostinga. Okay, I, and, and she's a Republican, of course, um, from Macon, wherever that is, up in Michigan. I'm going to tell you a little bit about this bill. Townships with face restrictions and how they handle the process of and cost of asking utilities or cable companies to move its facilities in the public right-of-way under a bill introduced recently in the House of Mich- Representatives in Michigan. The House Bill 5098 sponsored by Michelle Hundiga, uh, Mason, or Matin, whichever, uh, is opposed uh, by a lot of individuals um, for its preemption of local authorities and already has had one hearing before the House Communication Technology Committee. Now, the bill is a part of a package of legislation that is meant to address situations local units of governments must require utility and cable companies and broadband providers to relocate their facilities from public right-of-ways due to construction or other activities, you know, stuff like that. This could include anything from pipelines to cables to phone poles and conducts. Now, under Michelle's bill, that's Michelle Hoska. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I don't care. You can you can look it up for yourself. It's spelled H-O-I-T-E-N-G-A. Now, under her bill, though, which is House Bill uh, 5098, a township, village, city, state, or state, I'm sorry, town, township, village, city, county, or state transportation department that requests an entity to relocate, give the entity written notification by first class mail or email. Generally, a one-year notice will be required unless the local unit learned of the project or secured funding in less than one year before the planned starting date. Now, in the latter case, a written notice will be required within 30 days of finding out a relocation was necessary. However, the written notice requirements would not reply in cases of an act of God or emergency. The township or city or village or county or state transportation department, uh, could still require the entity to get a permit for relocating the facilities, but in House Bill 5098, it would require the local unit to waive any permit or inspection fee. So in other words, it's taking money away out of the local unit, you know, just getting rid of that kind of local control that Republicans always say that they love. They could also uh, uh, not request or require any entity to conduct any study so before relocating. So they can just relocate, no, you know, environmental study, no environment impact study, no noise study, no, no, no study, no study, just whatever. They just, our residents got to deal with it, whatever, noise, environmental, flying stuff in the air, you know, whatever. 
So that is House Bill 5098. Oh, there's more. I'm going to read you another one, too. Uh, This is another preemption of local authority, and this bill is Senate Bill 637. Again, this is Senate Bill 637. This is in Michigan. Uh, No local approval will be required for small cell wireless facilities. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Small cell wireless facilities could be installed on your pole in your city, village, township, any of that right away without the local board approval on their bill introduced in the Senate last week. That is Senate Bill 637. It's sponsored by Senator Joe Hume of Hamburg Township because he has nothing else to do. And, and you know, it kind of gets rid of, rid of local control. The bill is an effort to increase access to mobile services in highly congested areas and help wireless users reach emergency services when a high number of callers are clogging up the airwaves. However, it steps over local authority in order to reach this goal by taking away the ability to approve most small cell wireless facilities and by placing a cap on fees that can be charged to you. Now, as wireless technology continues to expand, wireless telecommunication companies are expanding their infrastructure to meet the demand. Um, Now, many cities, villages, and townships have seen an increase in the request to build in their public wider ways, including distributing antenna systems known in HB, at SB, that's Senate Bill 637, as small cell wireless facilities. These small, low-power antennas and nodes are typically located at street level on street lights and power lights and traffic poles. Now, under Senate Bill 637, small uh, cell wireless facilities would be classified as permitted uses and would not be subject to zoning review approval if they are installed even in the public right away. Yes, yes, even there. Uh, the only exception would be in single-family residential areas. These structures could be up to 10 feet tall above the tallest existing utility pole or 50 feet above the ground leveling. <laughs> you know, your local authority, no matter what, if it's in that public right away, still wouldn't have a damn thing to say about it. Under Senate Bill 637, now local authorities could no longer approve or deny small cell facilities, but only would be limited to administering and regulating the right of way of quote-unquote reasonable, non-discriminatory, and completely neutral ways that compiles with the acceptable law. They would be allowed to require a wireless provider to repair damage of the public right-of-way caused by installation, construction, or other activities. Applications for a permit would only be required if a small cell wireless facility would exceed the height requirements. Now, again, those height requirements are 10 feet above, above, above the tallest existing utility pole or 50 feet above ground level. Mm-hmm. Uh, in those limited situations, however, the local unit would only have 10 days, just 10 days, because, you know, they got a bunch of money and they got a lot of staff. That's not true for most cities, villages, and townships. 10 days to determine if an application was complete and just 60 days to approve and deny an application. Companies could just file one permit for installing multiple small cell wireless facilities. The bill would place limits on how much could be charged for permit fees and when those fees could be charged, if ever. Uh, certain activities would be preempted from zoning, including modification or, exist- or installation of new facilities, support structures, or utility poles. 
Anything subject to zoning approval can be approved or denied 90 days or 100 days before a new wireless structure. Oh, it's additionally, an authority was able to charge one wireless provider a rate or field charge all the the fee will be required to be competitively neutral to not result in double recovery. Existing rates, fees, and taxes already recover direct and actual costs of migrating or managing the rights of ways. The fees cannot be based on a wireless provider's revenue or customer counts. They cannot be unreasonable, discriminatory, or violate any law. In other words, basically, we just can't charge them any fees. How about that? Because who's going to be able to have, who's got the staff to regulate all that? In you know, a village, a city, a township. I mean, most most villages and cities don't have big staff. Okay, moving on. Again, again, this is Senate Bill six seven. The Senate Bill six three seven. These can where they can also exceed the actual managing the right away, or exceed twenty five twenty dollars. Okay, equal to twenty dollars. Number number the number of utility folds or structures in the authority existence where small cells wireless facilities are installed. In other words, this bill basically preempts local authority to regulate any type of small cell wireless facilities. Because I mean, I'm just saying. See, this is your local government that is being slammed down on the right of way, uh, small cell wireless facilities, public right of way, to a bunch of crap that they can't even probably reach. So in other words, they just, small cell wireless facilities run, run, run wild in the public right of way if Senate Bill 637 is passed. That's so that's your local news for today in Michigan. There's much more, but that's all we have time to talk about today. With that, again, if you are upset or worried about Senate Bill 637, sponsored by Joe Hume, or better yet, House Bill 5098, that's sponsored by Michelle Hokita, you can contact your representative or contact both of them and let them know how you feel about your local control being uncontrolled up in Lansing by two Republicans that we just talked about. How about that? With that, we're going to move on, and we're going to play the latest from the resistance from Keith Olbermann. Here we go. I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. Donald Trump, America's foremost Richard Nixon impersonator. Just as Nixon could not stop bringing up Watergate to insist everybody should stop talking about Watergate, ensuring everybody kept talking about Watergate, Trump brought up Russia and the Russian Facebook ads and the Steele dossier six times last weekend to insist everything was discredited and a plot and everybody should stop talking about Russia, ensuring everybody will keep talking about Russia. And just as it never dawned on Nixon that if his administration paid the legal fees or paid anything else, to men and women accused of or suspected of committing possible crimes on his behalf or just witnessing them, the payments could themselves become their own problem and help cost him his presidency. Trump has reportedly set out to do almost exactly the same thing. The payments first. The Republican National Committee confirms it has paid $430,000 worth of legal fees for Trump and his son Uday, I'm sorry, Don Jr., 
Axios.com quotes a White House source who says Trump won't repay the Republicans for that, but has instead pledged to pay the same amount, quoting Axios's source, to defray the costs of legal fees for his associates, including former and current White House aides. What's that called again? When there's a criminal investigation and one possible perpetrator gives money to other possible perpetrators or witnesses in the same case on whatever pretext. What does that sound like to you? When John Dean went into the Oval Office on March 21, 1973 to try to scare Richard Nixon into calling off the Watergate cover-up, he explained that Watergate burglar Howard Hunt was blackmailing the White House for, among other things, legal fees. This was when Dean spoke his famous words, we have a cancer within, close to the presidency that's growing, and said these people are going to cost a million dollars over the next two years. Nixon, John Dean tells me now, had long before proposed to John Ehrlichman and Bob Haldeman that they should establish a legal defense fund for the Watergate burglars, publicly announcing that everybody deserved a lawyer. But instead of bringing that idea back, or instead of saying we have to stop this cover-up, instead of deflating the most memorable quote from the White House tapes, what Nixon actually told John was, quote, we could get that, you could get a million dollars, and you could get it in cash, I know where it could be gotten. In today's case of Trump and Russia, we know where it could be gotten, from Donald Trump's pocket. Holy crap, he may manage to clean up the legalities here, but this is still tantamount to hush money. And what's worse is, it might work, except there's one guy who won't hush, who every time the Trump-Russia scandal fades into the background, keeps reminding us about Russia and the Steele dossier and the Facebook ads and all the rest, and that one guy is Donald Trump. In just over 34 hours, starting Friday morning, Trump tweeted six times in reference to Russia. In them, twice referring to the Steele dossier, twice to the Facebook ads, twice to Hillary Clinton, twice erroneously to people taking the Fifth Amendment, and once implying that the FBI and the Democrats and the Russians made the Steele dossier up. In other words, don't believe this nonsense that somebody in this country could have colluded with the Russians to sabotage our election. Instead, believe this other nonsense that somebody in this country could have colluded with the Russians to sabotage our election. The I'm rubber, you're glue presidential defense. In a previous commentary, I suggested that Trump, like a desperate child, has to keep bringing the subject up, keep shouting those key words that he should never speak again, Russia, hacking, Assange, Putin, until he can presumably convince himself that he has convinced everyone everywhere that none of it is true. He could not make it look more like he is covering up something, something horrifying, if he hung a sign around his neck reading cover-up, it is madness and it will destroy him. That previous commentary was from the 10th of January. And every time since then, when the investigation or the story has seemed to droop, Trump has revivified it, firing Comey, meeting with Russians in the Oval Office and telling him he fired Comey, threatening Comey with apparently non-existent tapes, weighing in on or reportedly dictating his son's misleading denial about the Veselnitskaya meeting and now legal fees and or hush money for possible defendants or witnesses in the Russian scandal and six tweets alluding to Russia and two specifically about the Steele dossier. The Steele dossier, which has that part about the mm-hmm tape. The mm-hmm tape about which Trump kept telling Comey he needed to be cleared. 
You saw what John Schindler, the former NSA and Naval War College figure, wrote about the dossier and the mm-hmm tape, right? Though the specific, quote, PP tape claim is viewed with derision by most Western spies who know the Russians, it's very likely that the Kremlin possesses compromat on the president. Senior intelligence sources from several countries have confirmed to me that unpleasant videos of Trump exist. Unpleasant. So Trump keeps bringing up Russia. Why on earth? It is imperative to remember a little-noted story from the New York Times that Trump's attorneys, particularly the guy with the mustache, Ty Cobb, the genius who held an extensive conversation with another Trump lawyer about the case over lunch at a popular Washington bistro without ever noticing that the guy at the next table from them was a reporter from the Times... I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. Donald Trump, America's foremost Richard Nixon impersonator. Just as Nixon could not stop bringing up Watergate to insist everybody should stop talking about Watergate, ensuring everybody kept talking about Watergate, Trump brought up Russia and the Russian Facebook ads and the Steele dossier six times last weekend to insist everything was discredited and a plot and everybody should stop talking about Russia, ensuring everybody will keep talking about Russia. And just as it never dawned on Nixon that if his administration paid the legal fees or paid anything else to men and women accused of or suspected of committing possible crimes on his behalf or just witnessing them, the payments could themselves become their own problem and help cost him his presidency. Trump has reportedly set out to do almost exactly the same thing. The payments first. The Republican National Committee confirms it has paid $430,000 worth of legal fees for Trump and his son Uday, I'm sorry, Don Jr. Axios.com quotes a White House source who says Trump won't repay the Republicans for that, but has instead pledged to pay the same amount, quoting Axios' source, to defray the costs of legal fees for his associates, including former and current White House aides. What's that called again? When there's a criminal investigation and one possible perpetrator gives money to other possible perpetrators or witnesses in the same case on whatever pretext, what does that sound like to you? When John Dean went into the Oval Office on March 21, 1973 to try to scare Richard Nixon into calling off the Watergate cover-up, he explained that Watergate burglar Howard Hunt was blackmailing the White House for, among other things, legal fees. This was when Dean spoke his famous words, we have a cancer within, close to the presidency that's growing, and said these people are going to cost a million dollars over the next two years. Nixon, John Dean tells me now, had long before proposed to John Ehrlichman and Bob Haldeman that they should establish a legal defense fund for the Watergate burglars, publicly announcing that everybody deserved a lawyer. But instead of bringing that idea back, or instead of saying we have to stop this cover-up, Instead of deflating the most memorable quote from the White House tapes, what Nixon actually told John was, quote, we could get that, you could get a million dollars, and you could get it in cash. I know where it could be gotten. In today's case of Trump and Russia, we know where it could be gotten, from Donald Trump's pocket. Holy crap, he may manage to clean up the legalities here, but this is still tantamount to hush money. 
And what's worse is it might work, except there's one guy who won't hush, who every time the Trump-Russia scandal fades into the background, keeps reminding us about Russia and the Steele dossier and the Facebook ads and all the rest, and that one guy is Donald Trump. In just over 34 hours, starting Friday morning, Trump tweeted six times in reference to Russia. In them, twice referring to the Steele dossier, twice to the Facebook ads, twice to Hillary Clinton, twice erroneously to people taking the Fifth Amendment, and once implying that the FBI and the Democrats and the Russians made the Steele dossier up. In other words, don't believe this nonsense that somebody in this country could have colluded with the Russians to sabotage our election. Instead, believe this other nonsense that somebody in this country could have colluded with the Russians to sabotage our election. The I'm rubber, you're glue presidential defense. In a previous commentary, I suggested that Trump, like a desperate child, has to keep bringing the subject up, keep shouting those key words that he should never speak again, Russia, hacking, Assange, Putin, until he can presumably convince himself that he has convinced everyone everywhere that none of it is true. He could not make it look more like he is covering up something, something horrifying, if he hung a sign around his neck reading cover-up, it is madness and it will destroy him. That previous commentary was from the 10th of January. And every time since then, when the investigation or the story has seemed to droop, Trump has revivified it, firing Comey, meeting with Russians in the Oval Office and telling him he fired Comey, threatening Comey with apparently non-existent tapes, weighing in on or reportedly dictating his son's misleading denial about the Veselnitskaya meeting and now legal fees and or hush money for possible defendants or witnesses in the Russian scandal and six tweets alluding to Russia and two specifically about the Steele dossier. The Steele dossier, which has that part about the mm-hmm tape. The mm-hmm tape about which Trump kept telling Comey he needed to be cleared. You saw what John Schindler, the former NSA and Naval War College figure, wrote about the dossier and the mm-hmm tape, right? Though the specific, quote, PP tape claim is viewed with derision by most Western spies who know the Russians. It's very likely that the Kremlin possesses compromise on the president. Senior intelligence sources from several countries have confirmed to me that unpleasant videos of Trump exist. Unpleasant. So Trump keeps bringing up Russia. Why on earth? It is imperative to remember a little noted story from the New York Times that Trump's attorneys, particularly the guy with the mustache, Ty Cobb, the genius who held an extensive conversation with another Trump lawyer about the case over lunch at a popular Washington bistro without ever noticing that the guy at the next table from them was a reporter from the Times. Well, welcome back. Well, okay. So we played that twice. Sorry about that. We cut out the last five minutes. But either way, uh, this is the end of the show. So... Again, hopefully you enjoyed the entire two hours. Make sure that you give us a review of today. You can do it on iTunes. Let us think about it. Just go on our iTunes, leave us a review. You can also do it on our Twitter feed at IU Radio. You can also go to www.facebook.com forward slash IU Radio Network. Uh, you can also leave us a review on Stitcher. Hey, you listen to us on Stitcher, leave us a review. Uh, and also on TuneIn. But make sure that you download the version of our app over at the Google Play by putting in Independent Underground or Radio Network. On 
Tuesday, next Tuesday on the 9th, make sure to listen to Penny's Politics with Penny Sequoia. And then on Sunday, make sure to listen to a Third Wave Feminism with Jenny and Diane. That is uh, Sunday at 3 o'clock. Penny comes on Tuesdays at 9 o'clock. And then, of course, our flagship show comes on Wednesdays at 9 o'clock. I think we're going to have a great interview for you next week, too. So we're working on another interview, and we'll let you know. you got to tune into the page. Over on Facebook at www.facebook.com, you know who that interview is going to be, and uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, we're setting up something, okay? So either way, until next week, just try and stay alive, you know, stay sane. You know it's going to be another crazy week with Cheeto, and we'll keep doing what we do over at Independent Underground Already Alive. All right? Have a great and wonderful week. Look forward to seeing you next Wednesday.